Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring potholes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Vero. And I'm Lena. And we not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 25, Boo Normal, which is as close to an Ella episode as we have ever gotten. But, spoiler, I'm still not satisfied. We'll talk about it. I'm happy, but I'm not happy. Same. Wondering what this episode is about? Very short summary. Ella sees a ghost, Chloe is an amazing friend, Dan is very human, and Lucifer learns an important lesson. Aw, shocking that he learns a lesson. Also, I kind of have to mention the German title sucks, because it says visit from the ghost world. What the fuck, Germany? Yeah. Get your shit together. Yeah. Also, the subtitles instantly spoiler who Azrael is. That she is Azrael. That's just dumb. Yeah. Well, this week, for the obsession of the week, we can't really talk about Lucifer. Can't I we? don't think. Well, I, I have an obsession for Do him. you now? I don't. I have an obsession for Ella. Because this was an Ella episode to me. And Lucifer barely is even around. Especially when Ray Ray is there. So I have just gone with Ella's obsession, which is being normal. To me, it is very clear that the lesson Lucifer learns in this episode and his obsession go hand in hand. Because not being perfect is... or trying to be perfect, considering himself perfect, perfection in general is what I chose as Lucifer's obsession of the week. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that is fair enough. I just didn't feel that there was enough Lucifer for me to be actually obsessed. He was there. That had to be enough for me because you told me that we have to do Lucifer's obsession of the week. Well, we normally do, but when Lucifer is barely in the episode... I don't care. You told me Lucifer's obsession of the week. That's what I'm doing. So petty. So accurate, you meant to say. Same thing, really, in this case. Or just say, so German. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I (laughs) should have just gone with that. I I don't see why... I don't understand why I didn't. All right. I have quite a bit of facts and fun for us this wonderful episode. <coughs> we have a first-time director, Lisa Domain, with three more future Lucifer credits coming up. We have third-time writer Jennifer Graham Imada, who also wrote Off the Record, story credit, and High School Poppycock. That is going to be important. And she also has two more Lucifer credits in the future. Mm-hmm. The title, of course, is said by Ray Ray. This episode is, so far, the lowest rated Lucifer episode on IMDb, with a shocking 7.8. How dare they? 7.8 out of 10. How very dare they? Most Lucifer episodes are somewhere between 8.3 and 9.5. Well deserved. According to Co showrunner Joe Henderson in an interview with TV Line, this episode is best watched between Lucifer High School Poppycock, same writer as this one, and Lucifer Infernal Guinea Pig. He feels it belongs right before we bring Abel back to life. I think it fits really nicely in there like as a fun exploration of Ella episode. That would make sense. Originally, this episode was meant for season four, which is going to be important when we talk about Chloe's reaction to Ella's confession. Yeah, that explains a lot. In Lucifer Trip to Stabby Town, season two, episode eight, Lucifer refers to Azrael as being no sweet peach. But here in this episode, she is shown to be warm, caring, empathetic, protective and fond of pranks. She shows no concern over the less of her blade, despite it apparently being a special gift from God, if we remember, which Uriel stole and Lucifer threw away, and is clearly able to do all of her angelic work without it. Suggesting Lucifer's previous negative opinion of her might have been colored by his resentment over her apparent abandonment of him after his fall, rather than her true character. Yep. I can see that. Azrael's cloak chain clasps are in the shape of two goldfish. One larger, one smaller. I didn't even notice this and I had no idea about the potential symbolism. So this is completely IMDb. 
In some mythological traditions, goldfish signify good luck and when seen in pairs can represent prosperity, tenacity and domestic felicity. In other traditions and fairy tales, they are granters of wishes and or fulfiller of dreams. Zoologically, goldfish are a social species. While they can live alone, they do much better with at least one other goldfish friend around. Azrael's wish for Ella and Lucifer, her two favorite people, who are each their own kind of alone, is that they be friends because she is unable to be really there for either of them. Significantly, in the final shot, Azrael's clasps have gone. Oh, I didn't notice. Oh my god, that's so sweet. And while I mention this in my bonus stuff, Devils in the Details, I kind of want to mention it in here as well, because no surprise, I'm talking about Azrael in there. Azrael is wearing a sweater with an image of a cat on it. Azrael is the name of the cat of Gargamel in the Smurfs. Hey, do you think that was intentional? I have no idea, but this is a perfect opportunity to shoehorn in the mention of the Smurfs. Yeah, yeah. Girl can dream. Nice. Ah, I just love this episode. Ugh. I love it and I'm still disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know exactly. I know exactly what you mean. I am the same. Uh, for the previously on, there is no such thing again. And I was actually wondering what would be there as in where are we on the timeline? As you so kindly pointed out, it would then fit about halfway through season three if I'm not mistaken. Joe says it fits perfectly after High School Poppycock, right before Abel shows up, but originally it was intended for season four. Yeah, so it all makes sense because we have... Charlotte's not there, obviously. Neither is Kane, so we are kind of putting ourselves outside of that box. But also... Dan seems happy. Dan, well, I wouldn't call him happy. I would call him not crashed. Depressed. Not, not depressed. depressed. <laughs> And he seems to be dealing. Yes, yeah, yeah. He seems to be. He doesn't seem to be like lighthearted or um, whatever. And also, Chloe and Lucifer. We don't really see them together, so we don't really see their dynamics, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. That could be a show of Chloe dealing with what she's seen, but also it doesn't really need to mean anything because if we were to put it in that place, there is no reason for them to be separated. So, I mean, it is written well enough to be undetermined enough. Yeah. But also, I think it raises a couple of questions and I think there is a lot of details that are not focused on enough in this episode and we're going to talk about them. So, without further ado, I always want to say that, let's get into the Ella episode because that is literally how it starts. It starts with Ella walking into a crime scene with a song called Shine On Me by Dan Orbach. And it's just so Ella. She's way too happy to be walking into a crime scene. I mean, it's it's just very Ella. I, and I love it. I do have like a small issue with this entire scene. I'm going to just get it out of the way. And that is, I do not understand, seriously don't understand how she just arrives to the crime scene and suddenly she knows more about the case than anybody else around there. I mean, she is smart, but is she really that smart? I think she is absorbing knowledge by osmosis because she knows everyone and she talks to everyone and she knows everything about everyone, what they did, what they have been doing, what they are gonna be doing, what they changed about themselves. She knows everyone in a degree of detail that I would not be surprised if she simply has a direct info line into her brain about everything. Yeah, that is the only way I can explain this because this was just kind of... It kind of took me out of the situation, out of this entire scene, that we literally see her walk in there, take one picture, and then she gets the phone call. So it just didn't make any sense to me. How does she know everything suddenly? I really appreciated it when Chloe and Lucifer show up and she has the phone call and they realize like, oh my God, she's considering moving away and they both instantly go like nope Mm -hmm. also I love when they do this I think I mentioned it later on in my notes a few times but the way this is shot the way they are kind of focusing on the normal background and they have 
the essentially the main storyline in the background so they kind of like switch the focus especially in this scene it was just really pleasing and yeah really yeah. well written and shot I'm really happy that we get both of these women again in the future because this combination worked really well mm-hmm. I have to make a personal observation yeah noticing in the dust layer that an object had been moved is gonna be how it's gonna get proven what killed me because I always have a layer of dust so perfect for a crime scene yeah good no you're pretty much just saving us the work of figuring out who murdered you although if somebody murders you it's probably gonna be me not if there is still a pandemic and we're stuck in different countries Uh, that is true that is true but hopefully you don't die before the pandemic is over that would be sad I want to meet you again in person. Mostly I want to finish this podcast before I die because we promised that we were going to do the entirety of Lucifer. Yeah, that's fair. I swear if you were to die before we're done, I will finish this for you. I'm going to promise the same to you. Thank you. Final note on the scene for me is, of course, Lucifer stealing the prescription pad because, yay, legal drugs for Lucifer. Yeah, this only made me slightly upset because I noticed him taking it off the table and then I was just slightly disappointed that they pointed it out because I was like, ooh, ooh, he took the prescription pad. This is so fun and like a tiny little detail. And then they just call it out and I'm like, mm, okay, okay, I'm not that smart. So you were me. Yes, essentially. With the, why does it always have to be spelled? out. I mean, it's more like, I got the joke. When you explain the joke, it's not a joke anymore. Come on. Exactly. That's why I don't like the over-explaining. So now we have a conversation again proving that even Chloe was at the scene of a crime before Ella got there. And yet she doesn't even know what profession this victim was. But, you know, let's just glance over that. And we have Chloe calling Daniel about the girl, Beckett, who has found the body. Who can hear everything Dan is saying and he's just talking about her like she doesn't hear him. That scene was just so weird. I mean, seriously, you can see that the girl has been crying and Daniel just starts, like, bringing shit up while he's driving. And it was just so weird to me. And I felt so sorry for the girl, obviously, right now, because I did not remember how this is going to go. Same. Yeah, it was... But he was still (sighs) cute with the, is there anything I can do for you? And she goes, Slurpee? Slurpee it is. I still love Dan so much. His face when he said slurpy it is. It was just like, oh, oh, it's so soft. Yes, he is the bestest bean and I love him so, so much. Yeah, I agree. Can I start complaining in the next scene? Yes, you do that. So why is the entire team of the LAPD this incompetent? They already screened the entire crime scene, but Ella will continue to find more clues that have been missed previously. Well, they're this incompetent because they have Ella to clean up their messes. Seriously, this is the one thing that I found most annoying about this episode. Because yes, I get that Chloe is a super cop and I get that Ella is is really amazing at her job and everything but I mean come on not checking the closet yeah you'd think that would be one of the first things they would like, do canvass the entire apartment before even letting the forensic team inside yeah so that was I'm not gonna keep complaining about it but her finding new information throughout this episode was really annoying for me yeah I think that they just wanted to show Ella as extremely competent and good at her job so yeah but that's the same thing when they dump chloe down to make a case seem more difficult i'm complaining the same because yeah. don't make something dumber just to show someone else or something else is even more special make yeah. that person or the situation more special please yeah yeah as i said i don't think they have put much thought into the details of the case this time around and I have a list at the end of what they could have done better. <laughs> but like, you nice. know, yeah. I mean, it's a short list because I didn't really want to think about it too much. But if even, if even I can make a list, probably should have spent more time on it. Really looking forward to it. Well, now we find the kid. Or, I mean, Ella finds the kid in the closet. And the, the boy is just so scared. And I was just really glad that they didn't consider him a suspect at all. Because that's where my mind went the first moment was... 
poor kid, he probably did it as an accident because he seemed to have some issues he's been working through and maybe he just freaked out and hid. And that would be really, really tragic and I would not have liked that. So I'm really glad that Chloe immediately takes that option off the table. And of course, Ella is the person who will bond with his child. Like, there was no other way. Yeah. There was no other option. Yeah. For a second there, I thought that the kid was gonna be portrayed as someone on a spectrum. Yes. With him not being verbal and him having difficulty in social situations. But very quickly when he starts opening up with Ella, it became clear to me like, okay, no, they're not going with someone on a spectrum. They're just going with, oh, he is shy and he is really gifted. Yeah, which I think was a better choice. If handled well, it would have been great to have some proper representation yes but it's so easy to do it bad and then I'd rather not have them Mm -hmm. fuck it up (laughs) especially in this episode I feel like their lack of attention to details yes it could have gone very dicey if they did go that direction they could have made it very very bad and so but in the first second I was like ah this is where we're going with this and then no we're not yeah but for me, the most important thing in this scene mm-hmm. is that we get background information on Ella that she was in a horrible car accident when she was a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally wrote down all in caps, backstory on Ella, and then we get nearly zero information on it. <laughs> It's like, come on, so close. I want to know who was driving. Did anyone die with this car accident? Were her parents driving? And this is why she grew up or why she had so much contact with her grandma. Because she has been talking a lot about her grandma in the past two seasons. But not really about her parents, yeah. Exactly. So I want to know all these things. And I was expecting us to get more answers. And we don't. Mm Mm-hmm. So, fuck this. Yes. Yeah, I agree. They just kind of hint on stuff and they don't even explain it. So, I would assume that if this were gonna end up in season four, if they were gonna originally go with a different storyline for season Mm. four and because of the whole cancellation and picking up and stuff it just got smooshed around and maybe shortened maybe that's what they were gonna focus on a little bit more maybe but regardless of us not have yet seen properly season four season three did not offer us enough information to go off to that it's so eh, i'm just disappointed and they continue with these tiny tidbits of information right in the next scene because Mm -hmm. we learn that five years ago she was in detroit yes with her family yeah so did she move to la five years ago yeah it's Wait, what, what, five years ago? She says five years ago in Detroit. Well, Because maybe... she has been with them for about two years now, right? Yeah. One season, one no. year, more or less. So, ish, ish, probably ish. less. But not five. <laughs> not five, no. No, she only moved to LA just before she started working for the LAPD. So, she either was in Detroit after the thing happened, or... She moved elsewhere and then she was guided to LA to find her space. That's just More speculation. Questions. And yeah, ah, it's so annoying. Yeah. I have to admit, I did miss the five year mention, so I did not actually put that together. Mm. We meet Ray Ray here, which I pegged as an imaginary friend yeah. in the first instance. And then the title card happens and it goes on. And then we realize or learn that no, 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 Ray Ray is a ghost. And instantly I said, this is a ghost stalker. Very, very creepy. I'm very much not okay with a lot of Ray Ray's behavior. Yeah. I mean, my note when Ray Ray shows up was who, what, what, how did she get there? And kind of knowing and remembering the fact that she is, in fact, Azrael from the beginning, it wasn't a suspension filled for me. But I do remember when I watched this for the first time, I was so confused. I think, yes, the stalking is not okay and some of her behavior is not great, but she drops some fun singers in this episode and the first thing that she drops is, don't hide your Ray Ray of light under a bushel. And it just made me really laugh. Which is fine, but to me it was so weird in Mm. parts. And yes, she has some really great great lines 
mm-hmm. especially later on in the episode. But this just felt very invasive mm. because it was so obvious that Ella was so uncomfortable with her being there and them apparently having agreed on Ray Ray not showing up anymore and her being Ella's friend having such negative effects on Ella's life, having to take medication that she didn't actually need, having put strife on relationships with other people, etc., etc. And of course, I mean, you don't want to have mean friends that make fun of you and it's better to know that they are mean friends and then get rid of them. But still, all in all, it didn't sound like Ray Ray made Ella's life better while she was living it. And this, again, could lead to a discussion about intent and effect, which mm-hmm. kind of has been the whole theme for season three, to be honest. Kind of, yeah. I think we should definitely talk some more about this in our summoning episode. Yeah, just my two cents on Ray Ray. They do mention Detroit again, which we've talked about, but they just mention it. Clearly, there was a thing that happened and the thing was intense. And in this moment, I was hopeful that they were going to tell us what the thing was was yeah same so yeah i was just like listen they mention it and they hint towards it so heavily they're gonna have to tell us and they don't so that was a big disappointment about this episode it was very sad watching ella struggle with the fact that she knows that she's not crazy but being packed as crazy all her life it must be very difficult and it explains a lot about her personality yeah to close the scene out i just have to say ray ray is a shitty liar Oh, and yeah. I could tell every single time that she was lying. Yep, I agree. And then we have a little insert of a story that I didn't care about, but weirdly cared about. You should care about because this is the moment where I'm going to have to say you were right. Obviously. No, the reason I care about it is because Lucifer and Dan. The reason I don't care about this is because they are dealing with the case and I really don't give a fuck about the case. Oh, absolutely. But you should care about this because this scene is the moment where I have no other option but to say you are right Lucifer and Dan are friends and do consider each other friends because there is no other possible and acceptable explanation why Dan is asking Lucifer for help. Yep. And why he is giving it. Yep. And even the way he asks because he explains the situation and after Lucifer is kind of done laughing at him Dan asks are you going to help me? And Lucifer says of course Danielle. And then Dan asks are you going to make fun of me all day? And Lucifer just says, of course, Daniel. Exactly. This is the final moment where I have no other choice but to say you were right. My truth has been cemented. Your truth has now been canonically confirmed. Yay! But just like you, I did not care about Beckett. I didn't even notice her name until the very end of the episode. I did not really care about the case in itself. Mm. But there were some fun bits surrounding the case. Yeah. The reason why I noticed the name Beckett because it feels very dumb. It feels... What kind of a first name is that anyway? I have... What? Okay. Parents clearly were big fans of Samuel Beckett. That is my reasoning behind this. We go back to the crime scene and once again I have to complain that we find clues that were so obviously missed before. Mm -hmm. Also, Ella is really bad at managing having a human and a ghost in the same room and how to converse. Like, come on. She should be used to this. She should be better, right? Absolutely. I agree, yeah. She doesn't have to react to what Ray Ray is saying at all. Yeah. Yet she does. But, again, most importantly for me, preach it, Ella. Furries do get a bad rap, but are actually a very wholesome community for the most part. The suits are hot as fuck. Yeah, they are extremely. As we also do seen when we follow Chloe to the furry convention in the next Mm -hmm. scene which I completely forgot I completely forgot that we have an actual furry convention happening in this episode and I love it so much I mean we're there very very briefly but we do get two different songs throughout this compilation of scenes we started when we get introduced to the conventions with a song called 
obsessed by danger twins. I think it was a solid plan on Chloe's and Ella's part. I think they should have switched. I think so too. Maybe Beth was just too tall and it was Ooh. just too big of a costume for Ella to be in. That is a really good point. I didn't consider that because Ella is quite a bit shorter than Chloe. Very good ha! point. Saving with little nuts but of Chloe is so out of her depth. She has no idea what is going on which was very hilarious to me because she still deals quite nicely with all of this. Classic Chloe. We get Ray Ray lying again, which I just ignored because I was very much annoyed by it. But then we have furry fight time. Yep. And damn, you're gonna love the name of this song. Oh my God. Hit me. Come on. It's called The Hungry Wolf by X. Ow. Ow. It's good. I just love how in the beginning Chloe is completely out of her element. How do I fight while wearing this suit? And then it's like she finally gets used to it and flips a switch and just kicks the other one's ass. Yep. Absolutely. And then you can get, again, another thing that I can kind of understand when she's trying to take off the head and it's (laughs) actually like connected with, uh, how do you call them? Oh, fuck, I don't know the English word. Klettverschluss is the German one. Suchy zip. Suchy zip! It's like a dry zipper. Yeah, I I know. Oh my god, that's awesome. I mean, you can call it suchach, which is like a short version for it, but... Suchy zip. I love the word. It's two words. Okay, it's one word in German because everything is one word in German. Well, obviously, because Germans <laughs> don't have time to say is more it, than one word. Is it Velcro? Could be. Oh, yeah, actually might be. I'm going to you know Google why, it. Because you know why I remember this? Because there are suchy zip handcuffs when you play in bondage sometimes. And mm-hmm. in English, they are called Velcro. It, yeah, I think so. I think it, it might be Velcro. So Yay! yeah, she, as she's BDSM taken saves today. Sorry, <clears throat> as she's taken off the head, it's attached with the vel- Velcro. Let's just go with that, and you guys are gonna know what we were talking about. <laughs> and it kind of gets stuck a little bit, and I just can empathize relate. and relate to that situation so much because when we used to play this little thing for the children, and I was wearing the dog face, I it would be sometimes so difficult to like get it on the correct placement for it to get hooked, but then like taking it off was equally difficult when you actually managed to put it on the right. It was just a whole situation. Hilarious, but also super dumb. <laughs> But you can tell that she was super hot inside because you can see yeah. that she has these like rings underneath her eyes and stuff. And it was just yeah. Yeah. very accurate. Very, very accurate. Very accurate. Yeah. And so we move everything over into interrogation. And of course, Chloe does neither speak fandom nor forum speak. So she doesn't know what OC is. She doesn't know what a fursona is. And of course, she doesn't know if having a fursona backstory is as important as it actually is, which very much a character, but very entertaining for me because I went like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Also, we have this moment when, where Chloe turns to Ella and expects her to know the answer. And Ella says, I'm a normie. And I just went all cups in this moment in my notes saying, you take that back, Ella Lopez. You are special and that is a good thing. I found it most hilarious that she says, I'm a normie, a normal person, because normie already is a certain type of vocabulary. Yes, that is another thing. When Ella claims to be a normie, we get our title drop Set by Ray Ray. Boo! Normal. Which only then did I realize that boo was not a reference to boo as a ghost, but boo as no. (laughs) Really? Really? Okay. This is hilarious. Yep. I thought boo was the sound a ghost makes. And this is why it's called boo normal. That is such a Lena thing to say. Right? Ah. Lovely. Well, do you have anything else on this scene? (laughs) No. Great. Because we can go to the theme park and there is a song by Jack White called Over and Over and Over. Wow. We get Lucifer and... Dan investigating and trying to look for Beckett. And it's a fun team-up. I don't have much to say in this scene, actually. I only have two complaints. Okay, number one. Why do they think that they need to get on the right? 
Why is he sitting down next to her? Makes zero sense to me. Because it's Daniel and he wants to talk to her talk to her first. He thinks that he can talk her into coming back with them. Yeah, so take her out of the ride and then talk with her. So that made no sense to me, especially given his fear of roller coasters. And my second complaint, which I'm gonna get out of the way because I otherwise will complain about this the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. I do not appreciate Daniel being the butt end of the joke. Okay, I was having fun. My first question about this situation was tell us Dan why do you hate fun because he just proclaimed that he doesn't like theme parks so how dare he theme parks are disgusting I just asked in my notes tell us Dan why do you hate fun and then he shares the story about going on a date and throwing up all over her and it just feels very traumatic and oh my god I never threw up myself But there would be another story, which I'm not telling, because tensions. Many, many stories about amusement parts and vomits. Keep in mind, Oktoberfest is a whole fair thingy with all the of rides. Course and it's it is. Every year in my city, so I have all the stories. We go back to the crime scene. Yay, this is exactly what I wrote down. How did you know? Ray Ray is finally coming clean. Yes. But I still have to say, boundary issues. But I also believe her that she actually wants the best for Ella. Yeah, I do have to say at this moment, I kind of loved Ray Ray because yes, I agree that family is important and you should take care of your family, but also you need to allow people who care about you to take care of you. You can't be always the one who is being taken advantage of. And I think that Ella, as the one of the sweetest people that we've ever met on this show, deserves to have people around her who care for her and who care about her. Caring for your family should never come before self-care because that will just work you down and make you miserable in the long run. Mm-hmm. You need to have a healthy amount of self-focus. Yeah. Because only when you take care of yourself can you actually take proper care of others. That is You are very important. True. Treat yourself as important. Yeah. And go to therapy, please. Always. Therapy is best. Everyone should go to therapy. It's been a while since we said it. Therapy for all. Hashtag. Yes, absolutely. I was kind of shaken by the whole somebody trying to attack Ella. I think that they kind of played it off well enough for me to be scared, but also then noticing that this person clearly wasn't a dangerous murderer because they just booked it and didn't actually hurt Ella. So it was just weird. It was just super weird. As this entire case, it just left me very con- very confused and very um, weirded out, let's say. It's just not that interested. I appreciated the whole fact that Ella instantly goes like, we have everything we need because the person touched the stick. Yep, she is a forensic scientist after all. So we go back to the amusement park and sadly I have to complain again because fuck Lucifer the shirt color is hideous. It's brilliant. I loved that whole situation. Oh yeah, the situation is great but the base color of the (laughs) t-shirt? No. No. It works really well with the color of the suit to be honest. No, it doesn't. I think it does. I'm sorry. Do I hear a poll? If nothing else comes up, yes. I mean, it's it's time for dumb poll. And sadly, I have another complaint because Lucifer getting duped this easily also felt very unnatural to me. And I didn't care enough about the kid. And so I was mostly annoyed. Yeah, they just took it into a way extreme. She not only ran out on Lucifer, but she picked both of their pockets and left him with Dan's phone instead of his own. Did I get that correctly? I think Lucifer took the phone off of her. And she didn't take it back, but she'd steal his car keys of him. Because she realized that they tracked her with the phone. Okay. So, yeah, she is smarter than she is. Because then she just takes the fucking badge and goes into Lux. Like, how Which dumb are you? so stupid. It's super stupid. So, yeah, what else to say? There are Nothing. both dumb and think yeah. they both think that they are smarter than they actually are and then they get proven wrong we go over to the precinct and my notes are not detailed enough that i actually remember what happens in this moment i only have ray ray is not bad and <laughs> oh so now the kid is a suspect so we start the scene when ella brings the results of the broom sweep saying that the fingerprints were smudged but that they could pick up 
resin and chalk off the broomstick and my oh. brain immediately went to violin and mind you i don't know how big percentage of that is the fact that I do play violin and I know that resin is used for both and how much of that is the fading memory of watching this episode nearly three years ago. So couldn't tell you. I also have the bone knowledge because like classical music education was part of my school education mm -hmm. and that is why I know that both have this material and so that is the only reason why I knew that. Yeah. Yeah, I have used it my entire life, so or my nearly my entire life. So that was just where my mind went. Because they mentioned violin before, maybe yeah. that's why it was embedded in my brain. Then they bring in the teacher. I just don't like when they do this, when they have a dead end, just a random person saying, oh, but I actually committed a crime just because I wanted you to not know about this other crime that I committed. And none of them is the murder. And then they just happen to be in the right place at the right time to have the other name drop and then mention something that otherwise they never would have figured out. It's just so random. Lazy writing. It's very lazy. The whole case, which thankfully is a rare occurrence on Lucifer. Let's point that out at least, but since this is the second to last episode that fans back then got to see, this is one of the moments where I can totally understand that the IMDb rating is so low for this episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> so had low. I been there and watched the finale and then learned that, oh my God, we get a two-hour special and mm -hmm. this is the first hour of that special, I would have been livid. Yeah, I can see that. And I know that a lot of people were. I jumped onto the show just before season four dropped. So that was about nine months months after or 10 months after they aired this even I not having Twitter or many not being very social media active at the time even I knew that people were livid over the last two episodes ever aired before they got picked up back at J2 the parking lot we have done being on the phone with Chloe and the situation is hilarious and Chloe obviously tells him that Beckett is a suspect at this stage and he ends the call by saying something like ooh buttery dead bye and just hangs up on her do you remember when we recorded episode 26 that I pointed out it's a very rare occurrence to see Lucifer physically running after a suspect. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Quod erat demonstrandum. It has been proven. Das ist richtig. <laughs> so I really enjoyed this moment of him not bothering to run after. Yeah, I have noticed that as well. And then she comes up with obviously the only appropriate next step, which is let's call in Mace. Yep. I feel like they just needed to get Mace into the mix somehow. And I appreciate her scorn for them mm. so much. So Lucifer calls her and she drives in in this super cool car, which fair play Mace. And as she's driving in, we actually get a song called Devil's Soul by Dirty Monster, which is a repeated song from season three, episode 10, The Sinbin. The same season? Really? Yes, wow. it's the same season. It's from the scene where Lucifer ends up drawing the face on uh, the fake Sinnerman bandages. <laughs> When they're wow. in the in the beautiful view house. I mean, in this case, they only used an instrumental part of the song. So there's no singing or anything. So I just like I listened to it for nearly the entire song just to make sure it is the song that is advertised to be. And when I was finally confident enough, like, yeah, yeah, yeah this is the song. I clicked add to the playlist and Spotify tells you if you have a duplicate. So it's ah. like, ooh, this song is already on your playlist. I'm like, did I already edit now or what the fuck happened so i actually went into the playlist and realized that it is not at the end of it so i had to go find it and that's how i found out which episode it is from because somehow i do remember some odd songs from which episode they are nice that is a really interesting part. What I enjoyed most about Mace showing up is her making fun of Lucifer and him not liking it and then looking at him because see how it feels, Lucifer. Mm-hmm. In this moment, I was like, mm, well, maybe Mace is laughing at them too 
quickly but then then we see she did not and she is extremely competent and she shows them up obviously she wants to meet this girl because i mean i feel like they would be really good friends in the alternate universe this girl would join maze's cult i was just about to say that lena literally Oh, that's so cool. Yes, yes, I agree. Maze takes us over into Lux because, duh, Beckett decided to go to Lux and try to order alcohol with a badge in whatever weird brain this makes sense. Yeah. Also, this is Lux, so we do have a song that is called Live in the Moment by Portugal the Man. Live in the Moment indeed. But the only relevant thing for me in this whole thing is... We have a bonding moment between Lucifer and Dan. Mm-hmm. Because Chloe really doesn't need to know, does she? She does not need to know. And so now we have a secret shared between the two of them. That's so cute. So I mean, is cute. it really a secret? Is it? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That he doesn't lost yeah. Beckett is the secret. Yes. And... I appreciate it. Well, Dan is being a very good father figure to Beckett in this scene. Where <sighs> He's he the bestest being. takes her to the side and he explains her the situation. Says, listen, you need to tell me the truth and what actually happened from the beginning. Because otherwise you're going to go to jail. So I kind of liked that approach that he didn't start grilling her or anything like that. I have to say my first instinct was expecting him to get played again. Yes. Same, but he does not, which made me very happy. Then we have this really interesting slash not really uh, <laughs> drop of information about the case that Beckett actually is allergic to this type of perfume. Mm-hmm. And that's why she was crying so much when they found her, which is extremely funny. And As someone suffering from hay fever, I get you, girl. Totally yeah. get you. So this is a little nugget that we need in order to proceed with the case and we proceed and we are back in the laboratory ella is trying to come clean yeah yeah i was surprised and on one hand i'm glad that she didn't tell her at the end because at this moment i was convinced that chloe still doesn't know that the divine is real and i was afraid not that Chloe would react badly or anything like that but I was just kind of hoping that if she would share this information after Chloe knows they could bond over it and help each other out with the situation so that was kind of on one hand I was glad that she didn't tell her on the other hand I was really sad because it just shows that Ella is not 100% confident and secure in that friendship. But Chloe, even without Ella coming clean, Chloe really saves this moment. Yeah, and she's such a good friend. For all the flaws that this episode has, I really appreciate the visibility and reinforcement of Ella and Chloe's friendship that we get. Yeah, for sure. Also, this is the moment when I realized that Ella hasn't really talked to Lucifer since Ray Ray showed up. Correct. So... It was just a little bit of a flag because I did remember Ray Ray equals Azrael. So I don't think I picked up on it when I was watching it the first time. I didn't even pick up on it the second time. But yeah, it's a little interesting tidbit there. So we get a new suspect with the perfume, obviously. Chloe and Ella head over there, drive there, and Ella stays in the car for a minute. Again, I was brought to the assumption that Chloe doesn't know about the Divine at this stage. So to me, it was a good move on Ella part to hold off that information about seeing a ghost. Now, we basically are working the lead here and Chloe goes inside and she talks to the wife, I think it is, mm-hmm. the mom. Yeah, the mom. And while all of that happened, I didn't care much about that part but while all of that happens Ella is outside and she's talking to Ray Ray and while she's talking to Ray Ray she notices the dumpster of the neighbor and goes completely crazy like oh that's perfect because if you want to like get rid of something then you're not gonna throw it in your own trash but into your neighbor's trash haha <laughs> she's not wrong she harvests the dumpster and Ray Ray saves her life because Ray Ray calls out behind you and that's the only reason Ella ducks in time so I'm kind of curious how that works Rule-wise, mm-hmm. is it allowed that the angel of death potentially saves Ella's life? Well, technically, it's not allowed for Ray Ray to even talk to Ella in the first place. So this is a bit of a thin line to walk on, I think, because in theory, we could say that Lucifer or Emmanuel over the last couple of seasons have saved 
some lives, specifically Lucifer by solving some cases and maybe saving at least Chloe's life a few times. Yeah, but directly he only saved Chloe's life, which makes yeah. sense because she is the miracle child supposedly put into his path by God, blah, 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 blah. But otherwise, I don't think that we had any direct angel-saving human. Well, I mean, we have Ames saving Linda by slowing time. We've had... But she was hurt by a divine being. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, we've had... I'm pretty sure that somebody saved Dan at some point, directly. I don't remember. I couldn't pinpoint it. I have a feeling that at least... This is the only thing that made me wonder. Killing a human is not allowed for Mm -hmm. an angel. But now I also wonder, is it allowed to prevent the death of a human that's not Chloe? Well... I mean, technically, it's not like the rules don't apply to Chloe, because it's not like they can't kill Chloe. Chloe, for me, is a special case when it comes to all of this, because she is the miracle child and blah, blah, blah. But it just made me wonder. This this one moment yeah. just made me wonder. It's an interesting conundrum. It is, for sure. So... We'll see how it goes. I would re- have to rewatch the show to see if any of them got directly saved by any of the divinity. I'm pretty sure they did, but I couldn't tell you. I feel like not from other vanilla mortals. From divine beings, yes. And so we're just going to keep it in the back of our mind because maybe it happens yeah. again in the future. And of course, this whole situation resolves with Chloe showing up and making sure the whole situation resolves as it should be. And the father goes like, oh, normal, normal, yaddy, yaddy. And now, of course, is the perfect time for Ella to point out that normal is not all that. Yep, it's not normal. He's not normal. That's what makes him special, She, I believe she says. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Then we have a little time jump to a later in the day slash evening. Ella just barks at Chloe just randomly. I see ghosts. <laughs> Which is the worst way to come out, but also... But <laughs> So awesome. Ella. It's awesome because of how Chloe reacts to this. Because she goes, I'm gonna need a bit more than that. Yeah. Which is the perfect reaction, in my opinion. Absolutely. I absolutely adore how Chloe reacts. She stands there. You can tell that she is listening very carefully to every single word that Ella is saying. She is extremely focused and she is really trying to understand and trying to process what's happening. She's present in the moment, which is so important. And it's just, you can see her engaging. And this is the moment when this whole episode just seems like flying in a no time. Because her reaction, I mean, she's seen for us. If we disregard the finale of season three for us, Chloe did see some pretty random shit. But she has yeah. always rationalized it. Yeah. And she always been successful rationalizing that. So... Yeah. It just seems interesting for her to choose those words. I mean, I don't think it's out of character for her to be this accepting and open and good to Ella. But the choice of words is just kind of off to me. Since this belongs in season four, to me, it made perfect sense that she goes, I have seen so much weird shit. (laughs) Yeah. But the one thing I really want to point out here is Amy Garcia's acting. Mm -hmm. Because it is rare that Ella gets to display more range than being happy and warm and welcoming. Mm -hmm. So her being this fidgety and nervous and this close to crying was a new range part for Ella's portrayal. And I really like how Amy Garcia did this. Because it kind of made me tear up. So She did her job well, I'd say. Oh, that's so cute. And I just want to say one more time, Chloe is so good with all of this. And Mm -hmm. the hug in the end is really great with the sniffling of Ella. It's just perfect and warm and fuzzy feelings and everything. And then, of course, Ella has to go and say, yeah, it's like a ghost guardian angel. Bottom tis. Yeah. I think that they just wanted to put that in there to just yeah. before the big reveal. Yeah. Speaking of the big reveal. Are we talking about a reveal or... <laughs> yeah, sorry. No. Did you just make a dick joke? Maybe. 
Awesome. Speaking of the big reveal, we go over to the precinct where Lucifer has a big reveal because he has made a poster and he is bringing all the t-shirts because while they share the secret about Beckett getting away... The whole roller coaster, roller coaster issue, not part of the secret. Also, he didn't actually tell anybody what happened. He just like brought in the poster and the t-shirts and said, yep. I think it speaks for itself. <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. It's very funny. Ella talks to him and then she goes away saying, smell you later. And that causes Lucifer to do a double take. And I'm sorry, that is some thin thin grounding for him to do a double take because Smell You Later is part of the opening rap from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And yeah. Ella is the right age and the right type of person to know this rap by heart. Yes. However, the reason why he does that double take is because she has never used it before. Still, to me, it felt very thin. I mean, yeah. Well, I didn't think that this was that much of a thin connection because of the phrase being so common to me it was just kind of weird because we only heard Ray Ray say that once yeah I mean she didn't really have an opportunity to say it more than once during this episode but also it just didn't feel like oh it's just something that she says all the time because she literally said it once yeah however they needed to get through this and somehow get Lucifer onto this and then immediately he gets slightly insecure and intrigued about the phrase and and he asks about it and Ella immediately says, oh, that's just something my friend Ray Ray says. And that is a good enough confirmation yeah. for Lucifer to know that this is all about Azrael. So it's nice to see that once she has come out to Chloe, she now is comfortable enough to speak about Ray Ray in public. Yes. Because sometimes that's all it takes. One friend to confirm that you are valid and that you are good and real and are seen. So be that person to others if you can. Indeed. I have to start the next scene with a question. Okay, go ahead. Because he walks in the penthouse and mm -hmm. he goes like, oh, I know you're there, show yourself. Blah, 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 blah. And then for the first time when Ray Ray shows up, we hear the whooshing noise. Mm-hmm. So my question is, is the whooshing noise voluntary? I feel like it's like you can hear somebody's footsteps, but you can also have them tiptoeing around. So it's voluntary. I don't think it's... I, I don't think... I wouldn't call it voluntary. I would say that you can fly real, real uh, um, you quiet. Can make an you can make an effort so you don't make the whooshing noise. Yes, but why would you, you know? Because that means to me that also Manadil and Lucifer, when they whoosh somewhere... Yeah could decide not to make the whooshing sound. Yeah. Just like Doctor Who could decide not to have the... The brake sound, sound yeah. If he didn't drive the fucking TARDIS with the handbrake on. Yeah. So yeah. to me, that counts as the whooshing noise is voluntary. If you put it that way, yes. I think it's like you can breathe or you can hear somebody breathe when you're whatever, but they can also make sure they... <sighs> Sorry. They can... Or I think, I think the walking... <laughs> That was gross, Lena. But you're the one editing this, so whatever. I know. Sorry. Ah, it's fine. No, I think that the walking is like a better example of this. You can hear somebody's footsteps unless they try to hide them. And I feel like flying would be a very similar type of a thing. Good. So yeah, voluntary, whatever, whatever you say. We have Lucifer talking to Azrael and for until we essentially until we hear the whooshing sound. We do not have a confirmation, visual confirmation, that Azrael is indeed Ray Ray, which I kind of liked. Yeah, that was well done. Then we have Ray Ray showing up and having a conversation. And first thing first, the outfit that she has is super cool. And it's surprisingly very different from what Emanadil and Uriel were wearing, because I have noted that their outfits seemed to be very similar in their style. So this feels very different. However, we didn't really get a proper look at what she's wearing underneath the cloak. But the cloak is awesome. I love the cloak. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then we get this whole story between Azrael and Lucifer. And I think it's just it's just so cute. I just want to see them like hanging together and being friendly and pranking him in a deal and just 
having fun. It's just so sweet. I don't understand why Ray Ray can't hang with Lucifer and can't hang with Ella. Because Lucifer and Amenadiel are proving for three seasons that angels can hang out on Earth and with humans without any dramatic, horrible shit happening. So I don't understand why she can't hang out either with Lucifer or with Ella or with both. I think it's a little different situation when you are talking about the angel of death. I think this is what they're trying to insinuate. But she was able to hang out once in a while with Ella in the past so why can't she hang out once in a while with Lucifer? I don't know. You're asking the big questions. I would love to know. I would love for Ray Ray to come back and hang with Lucifer more often. I would I would absolutely love that. I don't expect her to because she wants the two favorite people because she wants her two favorite people to be friends because she can't be with either of them and I don't understand why she can't and I'm gonna put that on my list of questions because it makes no sense to me. It is a good question. I agree with that. However, I could see that it's because of her responsibilities. But once in a while, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. She can't be like a Menadiel, just yeah. chilling out all the time, not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. I think that she can't befriend other humans because they might not see her. Or I would wonder, I would like to know if Ella is the only one who can see her purposefully. If it's because she was close to death and was supposed to be reaped by Ray Ray and that's why she sees her go on in the future. Or if it's because there is something about her. Or if it's because Ray Ray consciously lets her see her. You know, there is a couple of different options. So, so many questions and this fucking episode doesn't answer a single one of them. Sorry. I mean, it just gives us more. Yeah. So I just said it, but I want to point it out once more. When Ray Ray says, there is just something about Ella, I went into all caps mode because yes, there is something about Ella, but what the fuck is it? Because I feel very confident that Ella has to be more than human to Mm -hmm. have this special something. Either she is also a special human like Chloe, Mm -hmm. Or she is more than human. But she is not a vanilla standard run-of-the-mill mortal. Yep, I absolutely agree with that. I would be very sad and disappointed if they wouldn't address that by the end of the show. Yes, same. It would be like a one big thing that would be hanging over. Yeah. No matter how good the finale is going to be, if they won't address this at all, I'm going to be disappointed. Same. Now, the sweetness of the situation where Ray Ray tells Lucifer that she wanted them to be together as friends or whatever they choose to be. That this is not a manipulation. It was just trying to get her two favorite people together. It's just so nice and that inspires Lucifer to go talk to Ella. The fact that Ray Ray leaves in the middle of a conversation and just just lets him him behind. And we get our last song of the episode that is also a subject of my devils in the music this week. Such a beautiful song. It's called Sanctuary. It's by Welshly Arms and we head to the lab for the last time. To me, Lucifer going to Ella and the whole situation, what happens and how she starts telling him things. It feels like she reminds him of Ray Ray because yeah. Ray Ray did mention that she just loved having somebody to talk to and somebody to who would listen to her and specifically having that situation and him being so sweet and kind to Ella and just spending time with her and listening to her it just feels like he is essentially replacing or doing what he would love to do with his favorite sibling he's doing this with Ella and Ella on the other hand has somebody who will listen to her no matter what she says because they know and they love her and it's just it's just such a beautiful moment I agree with everything you say but Mm -hmm. I am kind of sad for Ray Ray. Absolutely. Yeah. But I suppose she does pop in to the precinct to make sure that everything is going according to plan, if you may. And she sees them together. And yes, it is super sad. And I wish that she could be there with them. At least once in a while. At least once in a while. But there is nothing that could be better for her except for being there with them. Yeah, than absolutely. Seeing this. So it's just it just made me so happy and warm and fuzzy. It was just so nice to see this. I'm gonna just slide straight into my final notes that's okay I did love that we got some Ella background. I still need to know what happened in Detroit. Yes. I feel like that's what I I, I could say that about a lot of shows. I need to know what happened in Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) 
funnily enough. But okay, case of the week. I mean, it was okay. It was there. But it's just, we said this during this episode. There is such a little thought put into it. Like, why even mentioning that Beth is addicted to conflict? Why even talking about the office reeking of perfume if the dad is the one who killed the doctor? How did that happen? There's just so many weird loose ends. Why did they even mention the furry convention when they only spent about 20 seconds there? And then, uh, like, what? I was just so confused about this entire situation. I didn't care. There were too many red herrings. Yes, there was there was too much going on and they did not get into anything in detail enough for me to be interested. However, I didn't care because I only cared about Ella and Ray Ray and therefore I didn't even mind that much. So, uh, you know, whatever. But also... I loved the entire side story with Lucifer and Dan. It was just so much fun. So in the end, thank you, but give me more. I agree with everything you said. This episode is sweet and fun. We see some relationships get strengthened. We get some tiny tidbits of Ella's past revealed. But it's just enough that I stand here just like you demanding more. The kind of unusual pairing off with Chloe Ella on the one hand and Lucy Dan on the other hand is very fun. And it gives us some less common tensions and jokes and reveals. As I said, this episode was meant for season four and I can really see that. Chloe being more than open about the ghosts being a thing after she learned that the whole devil stuff is real fits. It would, yeah. So nice, fun little episode, but there's not much else to say. Except thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social medias. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes, hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really, really help. Or telling all your friends about us because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank you. Bye. Bye.